up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar. And today we're here with Caden Young of Midnight Auto Garage. Caden, thank you for coming, man. Uh, thank you. It was much greatly appreciated to come here. Of course, man. Thank you so much. So uh, you made a long trip. Just yeah. for the pod. You flew just in for just pod. for the pod. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. That makes me feel so good. So yeah. where'd you come in from? We flew down from Calgary, Alberta. Okay. Well, it's a three-hour flight. Not terrible, but... Oh, it's oh a, three hours? That's not bad. It's like three hours, 45 minutes, somewhere in there. It's never crossed my mind to go to Canada. You gotta come. You know why? Why? Dude, you guys were fucking with the truckers, bro. What the <laughs> hell was that? What the <laughs> hell was that? Are those poor truckers, yeah. dude. No, no, just kidding. I, I I don't know. Come down to Alberta. Really? Oh, yeah. What What is there to do out there? We go to the mountains. You can go see the prairies. You can go see farms. You can the go... prairies? Yeah. What is that? Farmland. Just R- rollers of fields and hay all in them and everything. Really? Oh, yeah. Wheat. Every, all the plants. Cow tipping? Oh, yeah. We could go cow tipping. Can you really do that? I heard I, that's a myth. I've, heard, I've never gone, but I got enough country folk that say, like, you can actually go cow tipping. I've never met anybody that's actually tipped a cow. No. It's always like my cousin Jerome or yeah, something, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. It's, it doesn't sound like it makes sense because they're still pretty oh, they're heavy. A ma- they're a massive animal. Like, yeah. Especially when you're like, you're one-on-one of a cow. You're like, oh, this thing, this thing's going to kill me in any second. I've never, <laughs> I've never been that close to a cow besides like on my plate, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's like the crazy thing. Like even with dad, he's from ontario and we can come back and to the farms and stuff sitting there petting a pig or you're petting a cow and hanging out you got chickens running around you're just that's crazy it's life yeah for some for like for some people in alberta that's life like wake up go feed your cows and feed your horses and yeah feed your pigs i think that would change my mind about like my eating habits you know i i could see it 100 percent, but like in all reality like even when you go to like we got a really close buddy and that's his grandparents they've lived on a farm their whole life you go there and everything you eat for dinner has came off that farm. Mm. Like their garden, their animals, the everything that you eat that night. That's pretty cool. Comes from their farm. That is pretty cool yeah. though. Yeah. Especially like maybe you just give them a good life, you yeah. know? Oh, a hundred percent. Play like with they're them. Well, they're well taken care of. And, and then so. when it's time, yeah. you know, cause I know that the shit that we eat, man, they're not having a good life. No, God, no. And like, it's for like a small farm and stuff like that in Alberta. It's literally... You feed them. I don't know how long. I'm not like a big into the farm life or anything like that. But you feed them. You get them to their point or whatever, and you just send them to the butcher. Like they you, don't even know. They don't even know. Like they just live some life out in some beautiful field in the middle of the. It could be mountains or the prairies, and got a nice view for the last five years and or however long. It is not exactly sure, but I wonder, right? Yeah, I have. No I'm pretty sure like a Chick Fil A chicken has <laughs> been alive for twenty days, and that's oh, it. So. Like that. It's from an egg, yeah. from an egg to the time the that it's like bunch of- three feet tall <laughs> yeah. is like 20 days and it's just growing massively. Yeah, well, and, the, and like in factories and stuff like that and like stuff like that, that's not, they ain't just out running around in some field. Mm-hmm. For in, sure. They're in some building in some cages of an extra 100,000 chickens right beside them. Yeah. That's sad, man. Oh, it's crazy. You to know, see. I've, it was probably a few years back. I've talked about this before where I. I just don't kill anything, any bugs, yeah. anything at all, unless there's like, there's a respect level. Okay. So if like a big ass spider is walking here right now, yep. this is my area. Yes. You know, I pay the rent here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, this is my table. Like yeah. 
you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. But if we're outside, yeah, let him chill. Let him let him chill. He's yeah. doing his thing. Yeah. You know, and um, I think that helps out a lot with yeah. karma. At least oh, I like to no, think and so. Like good good karma is always there. That's one thing that I grew up on. It was a big thing that was pushed by father there. Was mm-hmm. always make good karma for sure because it will always come back at some point, even if it's five years down the road or if it's the next day. Type yeah, of idea. there's always going to be something else that came out of for you being nice to someone else or to something. And even if, even if you just think it, it doesn't matter. It's like a placebo, yeah. you know. Even if people say, "Well, it's a placebo effect." Well, yeah. it's the effect. It yeah. worked. So it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. So if something good happens to you and you're like, oh, man, that's that's cool that something good happened to me. Because on the flip side, if you're a bad person, yeah. like bad stuff always seems yeah. to happen to You'll you. You'll find yourself in shittier situations Always, all the time. dude. Always. Yeah. I used to, uh, I used to always, I would do things and then I would think like when something bad would happen, it would come to my head like, man, that's why because i'd scam this dude or whatever (laughs) you know yeah so there's nothing wrong with being a good person at all there's like my my whole thing is everybody that i interact with i want it to be a positive yes you want the interaction smile on their face for sure remember the conversation that you had yeah like we've talked online for the last probably four or five years now. yeah and it's always been a great conversation and now look look the relationship that has been built just because of we've been nice to each other type idea. Well, look at you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you made it happen, dude. Yeah. How old are you? 19. 19. That's crazy, yeah. man. You might be one of the youngest guests that we've had, awesome. minus my son. Yeah. I think he's he's, he's the youngest. <laughs> I can't wait to have my daughter in here. Oh, that, that'd yeah. be such a good It's, it's yeah. coming pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, it's getting there. But um, 19, dude. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely get into it. But um, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yes. You know who else is from there, right? Who else? Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. The Hart family. Yeah. You know? It's funny. One of the brothers is a substitute teacher in Calgary. No way. He wears these Nike shoes, but they got cowboy boots on top of it. Like the top of the shoes, a cowboy boot. Custom? I don't, I have no clue. (laughs) That's that Hart family money. (laughs) I'm sure they're custom, dude. Yeah. And then like, just it's crazy because like every school in Calgary's had the same sub. And he's always got different colored ones and this and that. And he's some old, older dude, longer hair and these Nike shoes, cowboy boots. And he wears shorts with them and just really? rocks on his day. <laughs> you ever watch wrestling? I never really got into it. Mm, so you don't get anything I'm saying, dude. No. That was a part of my life, bro. <laughs> so 19, you were born in? 03. Oh, so I probably stopped watching wrestling okay. about 03. Yeah. So that was... WW, I'm not even going to call you WWE because that's disrespectful. WWF, that was the Attitude Era. And that's where you're talking Stone Cold, The Rock. um, This was like even before John Cena. Yeah, 100%. And it was amazing, bro. And I remember every every month they would have a pay-per-view. Oh, okay. So it would be like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, something like that. And um, we had these, uh, it was like a, a cable box and there was a legal cable box and you can, you can get, yeah. you don't have to pay no, for, you, you don't have to pay for it. You can get it. And I would record the VHS and I had all of them recorded. Dude. Yeah. That's awesome. And I would always remember that I would say from Calgary, Alberta, <laughs> Canada, Bret Hart. Yeah. 
And then Owen Hart, rest in peace, yes. Owen Hart. Um, he actually died at an event. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was at a pay-per-view as oh, well. So he was, um, he was, he had a character that he did. God, I forget the name of it, but he had like a, like a, like a wing suit kind of on yeah so he was at the top of the arena and he was like supposed to fly down and they had him hooked up on the harness so they're doing like the recap before the match and owen hart versus gold dust or whatever and then they get back they get back to the camera and it's the guy jim ross this one of the announcers he's like i regret to inform you that owen hart has just died and i'm like what the <laughs> fuck? Bro, I was probably like 13 yeah. years old or something. And that is insane. So he just fell, dude. And he oh. hit like the turnbuckle or something and died, dude. Rest in peace, man. That, Crazy. That, Imagine that shit. Imagine sitting there like you paid, you sat there and paid to go watch your wrestling. Well, I didn't like, pay because I stole yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but the guys that are yeah, there. The guys yeah. That are, yeah. And he just, just falls, who knows, 80 feet up. Just from the, kids, dude. Yeah. Kids oh, with their family, you know, yeah. so stoked that they got like front row. Hell yeah, son, yeah. it's your birthday. <laughs> yeah, you never know, dude. No. That's why you gotta be nice to spiders. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when it's your time, <laughs> or you never know when the spiders are gonna turn. Oh yeah, you know, because yeah. at one time we weren't the 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 big species. No, it's dinosaurs. Imagine what that was like, dude. Oh, you know. Couldn't couldn't imagine. Imagine walking out of your your cave, your house. Yeah, and there's some T Rex just stomping by. What if they were just like pussy though? You know, because we we think about it. Because <laughs> yeah. from Jurassic Park, yeah, we were we're like we're like bred that dinosaurs are big. Yeah. What if they weren't? Yeah, dude? just like some little pussy. Like yeah, a little dog or something that sees a human runs off. Like a yeah. lizard. You, you know, you yeah, see yeah. if I see a lizard, he runs away. Yeah. So how funny would that be? Like. <laughs> A 30-foot <laughs> lizard just, like, running away. Yeah. And when we looked at him, maybe. We yeah. don't know. Maybe they never even existed. you ever think Ooh. about that? It's interesting because in Alberta, there's a place called Drumheller. Mm-hmm. And it's got one of the biggest dinosaur museums in all of North America. Oh, really? Yeah, right, you can go out and dig up dinosaur and bones. And, like, you can go on ventures and, like, go on, like, three-week camps and stuff like that. They go oh, wow. into like It's like the hoodoos and stuff is what it's called. And they go out there and find dinosaur bones oh, like that's wow. people's lives that's crazy in drum heller so like not everyone but like a lot of people in drum heller that's why they're there is to go hunt for dinosaur bones wow that's intense yeah i would love to yeah like yeah. if you come down to alberta you literally go to it's called the royal trail museum or something like that now you're you're enticing me now yeah, dude. go, go hunt for dinosaur <laughs> bones i like that yeah my daughter for some reason she's into crocodiles okay she calls them kotakai okay. <laughs> yeah so people would be like what is she saying i'm yeah. like oh it's a crocodile yeah. and they're like oh i'm like don't fucking worry about no. it she's not even three this is how she <laughs> yeah. talks all right yeah and i hope she never learns how to pronounce oh, crocodile it's so, it's so cute i hope yeah. she's gonna be like 25 and be like oh there's a kotakai they're yeah. like what like, nothing never mind <laughs> yeah nothing never mind yeah but yeah we were watching videos on youtube she woke up the other morning and she said go with the guy that's like the first thing and then she gave me my phone yeah to watch videos and we're watching youtube shorts bro they're huge they can get ginormous huge yeah. dude i was uh i saw this clip of joe rogan he was talking to this guy and the guy said that there was a crocodile that was like over 20 feet 
And I'm like, I have a canopy, yeah. like a 10 by 20. Yeah. So you're telling me that that, that thing's longer? <laughs> then you're 10. That's crazy. No, I couldn't imagine you know, swimming around and next year I got this 20 foot alligator beside you. No, I'm good. Done, yeah. dude. That's Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. No way, dude. Do you know about Florida? Some like I've like always I've always seen videos of Florida and stuff. Like Probably that. just like the worst place <laughs> to live, just the worst kind of people. You know, okay. shout out to everybody <laughs> yeah. listening in Florida right now. You guys know. Yeah. Don't fake. You know yeah. what it is. If you Google April twenty seventh, Florida, Florida man. man. That's it. There's always every, a, there's, every there's single a story. day. Yeah, there's a story for every single day. That Why do they? What is it? Why do they do crazy shit all I the time? You. you know? Yeah. Cause it's like not even part of the country. If you just cut off, if you just took like a bulldozer and yeah. said, "Okay, for thirty feet, we're yeah. gonna dig a yeah, trench." You are now an island. That's it. Yeah. You're now an island, and that they would be an island, and yeah. no one would go to that island because they're fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, like, like I said to you earlier, this is my first time in the states. Oh my god, that's crazy. So but you're 19. Yeah, that's 19. Cool. Okay. I've, like I've been to like both sides of Canada, right? But first time ever touching u.s soil oh wow and it was it was crazy flying in here and you're flying over the desert and stuff like that it was wild to see because usually when i fly you're flying over mountains trees mm. and forest for the last three like the get to ontario it's three hours to get here it's three hours so have you ever seen the ocean before no i've never made it into vancouver so still you've never seen the ocean no i saw it this morning you went to yeah, the actual yeah, water? After, yeah, after breakfast, I went down to, we went down to Oh, because you were in Oxnard. Yeah. Oh, they went to Miss Olson's, everybody who's <laughs> local. That's awesome. Miss Olson's is delicious. Oh, so that's right there on the harbor. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy, man. Because yeah, it was funny. We were like, oh, we got some time to kill. And I like, pull up my phone, zoom out of the map. I'm like, oh, that's right there. So we literally just walked from Miss Olson's down to the ocean. So what'd you think of the ocean? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird once oh, you just look out. Yeah. Yeah, because you're sitting there, like, there's no other side. Like, Alberta, like, there's not big lakes. Yeah. Ontario, there's massive lakes, like, huge lakes. And you go back home, like, a lake to us is a little pond in someone's mm, yard. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look out in the ocean. Yeah. Who knows what's out there? Yeah. Oh, we have no clue. How do we know just from the maps? Yeah. Those maps are lying, dude. I don't all believe that. The, all the Antarctica maps and stuff like that. That's <laughs> bullshit. That's it's just bullshit. white, right? Yeah. <laughs> the older you get, the more you'll start to realize that everything is bullshit. Yeah. No, and like even like throughout the last year and stuff like that, just reading articles and stuff like you're like, there's that can't be true. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Right? Who made this up? Yeah. <laughs> and then when they start trying to tell you things that you thought were real, now you're just like, You're lying. Like they're trying to say that aliens are real. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're lying. <laughs> Cause why are you telling me now? Yeah. You know? Why why are you trying to to convince me yeah i think the funniest part of like the whole aliens and stuff they released all that information and no one even freaked no out. no one cares no they're like cool rock on dude <laughs> gas is six bucks a gallon yeah. i don't give a fuck about an alien yeah. unless he's gonna fill up my tank yeah he's got a spaceship for me rock on <laughs> <laughs> damn so being in canada probably looking at the u.s is probably crazy oh huh? it's wild so what's your perception of the u.s because mine of Bigger. you guys is just you don't like the truckers and no, we love the truck. You guys don't say what's the a, a, you guys haven't said it the whole time that we've been <laughs> He's talking. He's just been waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. Don't you know? Or... Yeah. 
You guys, you guys are trying so hard not yeah. to say it. Uh, don't say it. Yeah, well, it's like, uh, like when we sat over breakfast for he's like, oh, we probably, we have an accent out here. Mm. And he looks at me and he's like, what? Not much. No? Okay. No. Yeah. Very, very small things. Yeah. But um, it reminds me of, like we were talking about earlier, the guys from K-Tuned. Yes. Because they, they talk, they don't have much of an accent, okay. but there's certain words. Yeah. That they'll say when I'll talk to them. Um, shout out to Sean and John from K2. Great dudes. Um, but certain words. Like, how do you say the thing that cools down your engine? Radiator? They, huh? Radiator? Radiator. Okay. So you guys are from the civilized <laughs> yeah. civilized area of Canada. So they call it a radiator. Yeah, radiator. Like, what and, the? F- yeah. That's crazy, dude. There's some stuff that, like, even if you call because, like, for us doing the parts and stuff like that. You call a supplier and you're like, hey, I need a radiator. And they come back to your radiator. You're like, yeah, I'm like no. yeah I yeah, guess yeah, so. If that's what you're calling it today, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Just some people aren't civilized. It's yeah. all good. You know what's so funny? Have you guys ever heard of uh, the, the show Week Fest? No, I haven't. Okay. So Week Fest is a show, um, a series that it travels all over the States and even goes into Japan. Okay. Um, they started from a shop in San Francisco or um, I think San Jose. Okay called a uh, weak sauce so they started it probably about 2007 or so and then just blew up and they're still going to yeah. this day now when it goes to the east coast the the the, the festival is called week fest w-e-k fest it sounds like i the name really sounds familiar they call it weck fest oh and i'm like no because <laughs> the brand was weak sauce yeah. weak fest and you can explain it to them yeah. all day. And they're just like, oh, yeah, Weckfest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah. Uncivilized people, yeah. you know? No, so no. how uncivilized do we look in Canada? Oh, you guys are like super civilized. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You go. You should see some of the stuff. You're driving down the road and some dude's got their hay bale on the back of their F-150. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, just ratchet strap. Good to go. Oh, yeah. shit. Like, like even the stuff, like when we were moving shops and stuff like that. You'd have this crater on your flat deck, and you're like, oh, let's throw a couple of ratchet straps on. It's five minutes down the road. Just living life. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I think that we're crazy. <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I see, yeah. you know, that's why I really don't try to watch, like, mainstream news no, God, or no. anything like that. It's like, man, this is crazy. Yeah, well, and, like, if all of it's starting to come out a lot more now, like, even in Calgary, the news has just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Because, mm-hmm. like, even the day we left here, some someone got stabbed in a house four blocks away from my place oh really and a month before that someone got stabbed right down there but like before it was all super super mainstream you wouldn't even have heard about it mm-hmm. it would have been oh you would have heard about it from your neighbor or something like oh did you see all the cops over down the road but no it's global news mm, oh yeah. really yeah oh wow yeah the news is just it's it's definitely been uncovered as just bullshit yeah you know and it's not like the news when i don't know my, my parents were growing up I tell my parents now, don't even watch the news. No. Like, it's just nonsense. Yeah. It's really a business. Yeah, it's background noise. For sure. How did they get paid from ads? That's it. Yeah. You know, so you're going to want to do the most you can to get people to watch your show for yes. ads. You know, and it's, it's all being yeah. uncovered. Yeah. So all I do is just listen to podcasts. Yeah. And I get all my news from Joe Rogan. Yes. And <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm expecting the world to end one of these days. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to spend my time waiting. No. I'm not going to sit there and freak out about it. Whatever, dude. Yeah. Go on with your daily life. We blow up one day. We blow up one day. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Sometimes (laughs) I'll just be like 
laying in bed, I'm thinking like, man, this, the whole, everything could just turn bright right now yeah. and blow up and we could be nuked. Yeah. And I wouldn't know anything about it. Nope. You know, whatever, dude. Yeah. Because I used to be like that. I used to watch like all like the current events yeah. and things that are going on and what the president's saying yeah. and what's the new mandates and shit like that. I'm yeah. like, bro, I don't give a shit, dude. No, like, whatever. Like one of my biggest things was I was really not attached to social media, but I was on social media and watching the news quite often mm-hmm. and stuff like that when I first started coming out into when we first opened our storefront and I shut all of it off. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is way too much background. Like, so you're just thinking about nonsense all day. You're like, Oh, well this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. What can you do? Yeah. I can't do anything about it. It's not like anyone else is going to go and fix it either. So there's nothing that you can do. So <laughs> no. just do what you can do. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But that's crazy, man. Your first time in the States. And yeah. So you're here until Tuesday. Today's Wednesday and yeah. you're here till Tuesday. So we got a we got a full week here pretty much. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what is your plan for this trip? This trip it was a lot of it was to come down and actually finally put a face to the company. Like mm-hmm. I've sat there on the phone and shot emails with a lot of the suppliers that we have out here, but not yet has they come to Canada as a brand or we come out to here as a brand. Gotcha. And I thought it like we were talking about it earlier. It's a very, uh, personal level of being connected with a company. Mm-hmm. And like, even of our sales reps, like I got one really, really, really good sales rep and it's on a personal level. When you call me, the fuck do you want? Yeah. 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 It's like, what do you actually need right now? He's like, do you need something? Or are you just asking me a question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the best, man. Yeah. It's, it's great to have those kind of relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have that with pretty much all of the people that we work with now. Cause you know, at the end of the day, the person behind the phone, the same as you. Yeah. They're, they're doing their job and they have a family or they have obligations yes. and they have things going on you know when you connect at that level yeah it's it's awesome man oh it's huge like when you, yeah like we were saying you call someone you have no clue what they look like who they are then you finally put a face to it you're like oh you're a sweet dude for sure yeah you like we've talked over the last 5 years and you're like oh my god for sure this is awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> or sometimes you're like Man, eh, yeah, eh, yeah. Eh. Yeah. Really like give this. me the next. Yeah. Give me the next. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, so you came down here to meet some shops. Yeah. Um, so what what are some of the shops that you're going to be stopping? Uh, at? we came by for you guys. Number one. Thank you. Gonna, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah, and then we're gonna go see Status Racing. Okay. We are technically like the Canadian rep. Oh, very status. cool. Okay. Yeah, like there's no one else in Alberta, and I, there might be one or two other people in canada that do carry them gotcha as far as i know like i can't i've been able to find another dealer inside of canada Mm -hmm. so it would be cool to go down and actually put a face to the name with them as well gotcha and because like one of our biggest things that with us being out in canada and having have having to get stuff shipped from here is the shipping costs slash delays type idea and with a lot of the people we wanted to bring up like just seeing if we could bring our own broker and stuff like that Mm -hmm. if that like is that makes sense like for us out there like it's shipping gets all sorts of mess up as soon as it hits our border no one has any idea mm, <laughs> as soon as okay. it hits the border everyone says dhl dhl is one of our like really our number one shipper okay gotcha. but even with them they still show up at the door with the credit card every time really yeah the credit card machine they're like you guys still owe us 
X amount of dollars. And you had no idea. Yeah. Like, it's like, you've okay, I, I've paid shipping, I've paid duties, and I've paid taxes already on the order. And then they come up with the sign, and they're like, oh, you owe more duties. Because it just, they say you didn't calculate yeah, it right or, or something? Some, like, I can't even tell you what they think. <laughs> so, you couldn't just get it shipped somewhere close to the border and cross over? Now, because I just got my passport last month. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> We're going to start looking into getting it because there's the people at the Montana border. Got you. uh, Okay. You ship it there. They store it for the day or two or whatever. It's like 12 bucks a day for them to store it. Okay. Got you. And then you you. just drive out to the border, pick it up and drive it back. So that's what we're going to like. That's either what we're going to start doing or look into a way to make it just a little quicker back and forth. Like because with the seats and stuff, it's a big box. Yeah. And then when someone calls you goes, hey, we have this four foot by four foot box for you. How How do you want us to get it to your front door? Mm. you're like i don't know get your guy to pick it up and put it in the van yeah yeah (laughs) oh man that's got to be hard to be dealing with like big products like that right? yeah like when we do like with plm we just did a pallet order and then it's if the pallet order it's not as bad but at the same time they still call you and they're like hey we have this pallet full of shit for you Mm -hmm. how do you how do you want it and then you get charged i'm sure you can understand it you get charged for like not having a lift gate available, not having a forklift available. Oh my they god! They charge you for anything that delivery man has to use. You get a charge for it. Oh wow! So like, if you don't have a forklift to get it out of the back of their truck, they charge you to use their pallet jack and their lift gate and everything to get it into your shop. So what does something like that run? It kind of varies on the orders. Like the last PLM one, I think it was like a. 170 bucks extra just for them to get their flat deck out to 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 just take it out yeah oh my god dude well kind of one of the great things about our business is everything is tiny oh it makes it perfect you know yeah even just storing it all oh yeah like Um, i have one cab like the glass cabinet you have downstairs there that's mm -hmm. where all the downstairs yeah move it in we're gonna cut a sheet on the table put downstar and then put hooks and then kind of do it by classic Honda, BMW, Nissan, and just have it classified. And then people can sit there and flip through on what kits there are. Okay, got you. Yeah. Yeah, I have one of our buddies a few shops down. He does these these gas gas cans. Okay. It's like, man, just having to ship that, box it, like store it. Yeah. You say, okay, well, I got 50 cans. That's a lot of cans. That's dude. a lot of room. That's probably like this whole entire space yeah. right here. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But then us, we could have 5,000 washers and it'll just it would, be. Yeah, it would even be a massive nothing, pile dude. on the bench. Right? Yeah. Most of the stuff that we ship is just small yeah. boxes. No, and like your guys' shipping works great for us. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good, yeah. good, good. It's, um, yeah, man, I just get, I guess it just depends. Like that's, that's like why we never really wanted to get into anything big yeah because then you have to think about those kind yeah. of issues oh, yeah. too, like, and like know? with the nice thing with the status seats like for customers inside of calgary we have the shipping built into the cost oh, of okay. the seats gotcha. so that's another big seller for people in calgary be like hey you don't pay any shipping mm, you okay paying well you're paying the shipping but it's all it's included in the price of the seat got you yeah. um how familiar are you with status as a brand as like their history i honestly just started to read about it a little while ago i started making a brochure okay and it was oh four when they honestly i'm not sure but i do remember that they sold the company or something but the logo changed 
Yes. I would say within the last five, five to eight years. Okay. Yeah, because like I was even going through like they sent a media file to us for pictures and stuff like that, and then the logo. It's the dot that changed. Yeah. Yeah, it went from the top to the side. So I have, um, just right here, I have two status seats. Okay. Um, they're for the, the hatch downstairs. Yeah. And when I got into Hondas, that was the brand, dude. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, out in Calgary, there's a selection of people that actually know who status is, and then the rest have no clue. Mm. You come out, like, I, you come out here and, like, majority of the builds, like, nice, nice builds have status seats because yeah. they're in my opinion they're the best seat to get yeah you can fully customize and no one else has that seat like you go to bride or a sparkle seat or something like that they made ten thousand of those seats this year mm -hmm. that means ten thousand other people have that mm. seat like we for our ek with the chronic motivation page we have chronic motivation stitched into the back of the seat oh very cool yeah they're just stuff like that it makes it a lot more on it like same idea like on a personal level with your car so you can actually offer that to your customers? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's very cool. You can offer the custom embroidery on the back of the seat. Instead of it saying like status GTX, it will say status and then whatever you want on the middle section. Got it. There's a seat that I've always wanted and I never got. It was, uh, and it's got to be the old style yeah. with the dots up top. Um, it's the U, right? Yes. The, the U? Yeah. So it's the dots up top of the U. But it's the status ring red so it's the red cloth yeah. cloth not anything else no. red cloth kevlar okay so sick yeah those oh are an OG, my OG super dude yeah. yeah so somebody that has it it has to be like you know in an old build or something yeah. but like that that was my dream seat yeah. that i always wanted that's and hopefully I could pick one up. There's gotta one be of these someone days. that's got one kick. Yeah, I'm gonna put the word out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Red status ring Kevlar, probably like two thousand nine ish. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I started seeing posts of like the old seats and the old Kevlar seats and stuff. I was like, where did these go? So fucking cool, dude. Because like we got a at our shop at home, I bought these seats out in Ontario years ago before we even had status or even were selling parts or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They're nineteen ninety two Sparkos and they're full carbon Kevlar shell mm. and the just like old school padding never been reupholstered or anything nice. they're now they sit there and collect dust but I, I they're they're so sick i don't know if i can actually get rid of them like i've sat there and i'm like oh, it's just they're just sitting there <laughs> yeah what are they gonna go in and then i bought status seats for the civic and stuff like that so nice yeah maybe somebody at the company they yeah. would know they got one in the the rafters yeah. or something <laughs> i had a black ones okay. kevlar black yeah. kevlar ones and i sold those i should have kept those but yeah. they looked amazing yeah but in my right hand drive i have the hockenheimans i think that's how you say it i don't know if they make them to this day but I they were um, like s2000 spec oh, okay. so they were really uh, slim yeah seats I have those in the right-hand drive, and those are carbon fiber. Okay. And then the ones that I have here are the rings, the status ring um, FPR. Yeah, okay, it's the so fiberglass the fiber ones. Backing. Yeah. Yeah, we made one because we have a display seat, and it's our it's the Midnight Auto Garage seat. It's mm -hmm. white leather around the side, and then black suede, and then white leather in the middle again. Yeah. And then the, we did the carbon fiber back. It's the GTX carbon fiber. Oh, okay. Seat. Yeah. Got you. It's one of it's by far one of my favorite seats. Nice. Yeah. Dude. So you're going to see status status. And then we're also going to stop by PLM. Okay. We just brought them on two months ago. We've brought in a pallet of their stuff. It's moved quite good and gained a lot of traction in the Calgary area. So that, gotcha. was, that was really good to see. 
in all reality is bang for your buck stuff from them. Yeah. And it's easy. It's fast. A lot of it's in stock and it's great for people in Calgary because people in Calgary, it's either hit or miss. You find the guy that wants to spend every single penny known to man. Yeah. Or you find the guy that's like, okay, we got to do this strategically. For sure. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, some people just don't have that. No. And, that money. Yeah. Like when know? I start, when I still don't have that money, but when I started the civic, it was Kijiji. It was have a notification pop your phone and some new part showed up on Kijiji or Facebook marketplace. Right. Yeah. You're like, okay, that's 75 bucks. I gotta go to work and then go to who God knows where. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. You know, that's like, it's very taboo, you know, that, that kind of stuff, like the replica stuff. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. There's a, there's a market for everything. Yeah. You know, um, that's, uh, and who else are you guys seeing out here? Status, status PLM. PLM. I want to go stop by Simon. Oh, okay. While we're out here. Very cool. Because there's only like a few people in Calgary that do the Simon, but it's all group orders. Uh-huh. You got to get oh, 18 gotcha. people in on a group order, and then they send out some ginormous pallet. Yeah. Now you're talking about pallets and big stuff. That's one hood, dude. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. And so like some, there's one shop, and they have to get 10 people in a row to put a hood order in to just to make it worth just it. to make it like worth it to bring it out for, for sure for sure so if there's a way because i know like turn 14 and stuff like them they do carry them mm-hmm. and that's one company that we do want to look into bringing on with us oh very cool because like we have we have gretty we have vorsteiner we have a, a couple other ones but we don't have much for arrow Mm. So and then there's another company in Calgary and it's called Infamous Arrow. Mm-hmm. They just started making wide body kits for the Mark V Supra, the new BRZ, and FRS. Mm-hmm. And that's their first two wide body kits they've done. And also four door Skyline R32s. Okay. So they have three wide body kits available, and then they do all like the lip extensions and the air track arrow and stuff like that diffusers. And they do a lot of custom builds with that stuff. Got you. Yeah. So out in uh, Calgary, where are some of the uh, demographic of cars that you'll see? It kind of, it really varies depending on the neighborhood. Mm. Like Bonus, that's where I'm from. And it's all old school classic cars. You got everyone in their grandpa has some sort of either old truck, old Mopar, Chevy or something oh, like got that. got you. And like old school and every everything's done proper. Mm-hmm. Everything's original motors, original this, like matching numbers stuff. Like oh, very cool. One of my shop teacher, he lives in Bonas as well, and he's got a '69 Road or '69 Cornet Super B, painted when he was in high school, all the way down to a shell, repainted, new motor, and this, and just like covered every single aspect of the car. And still to this day, people walk up and they're like, "What'd you do? Paint this two days ago? Like this thing's in immaculate condition." There's no rust, no nothing. Oh, it, wow. And he just sees funny. He had a 500 cubic inch motor in it. And he's like, ah, I want to get, I want to put it back to the original 383. So it's now numbers matching 383 Cornette Super B. Wow. I have a 69 Chevelle. Yes. And I don't have the motor anymore. Oh. You know, I don't know if the stock motor had oh, okay. matching. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it had matching numbers. But I I put a different motor in there, yeah. you know, and looking back at it now, there's like so many things that I wish that I didn't do to that car. Okay. But it was yeah. just, you know, I, I did a lot of learning on that car, 100%. you know, and just going to just 
figuring things out, yeah. you know, cutting things, putting speakers here and there. Yeah. And now that I'm looking at the car, I'm like, man, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, but that car just sits, dude. Oh, okay. It just sits in the garage. I miss it. Yeah. I do miss it. Yeah. My son's about that age. So he he's 16. He okay. just got his permit. Yeah. I saw so, that. So, yeah, dude. Shout out to C2. Um, yeah. Passed it first try. Right too, on. You know, that's which, awesome. Um, which uh, a lot of his buddies didn't. It took them a few tries. Yeah. You know, and it, it's just, I think sometimes he gets down on himself because, like, maybe he doesn't get good grades in some yeah. classes or whatever. And I'm just like, you're just you you're you're better at certain things and it's mostly things that you want to do so you wanted to drive yes you don't want to learn math (laughs) (laughs) fuck math yeah who cares about math you know it was the same for me like throughout junior high and stuff like that i barely went to school yeah that was one of my things i I was constantly ditching oh really constantly ditching never going to school hanging out doing all the all the questionable things right and then high school hit Mm -hmm. met my shop teacher and that was that was it. I actually started to go to school. So is that why where you got the bug for cars? Uh, I already had a little bug for cars. And then I started out grade 10, walked in, and he was like, he looks at me. And he's like, you're high in my class, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, of course. Like, I looked at him. I was like, I'll be straight up with you. Yeah, I am. And then he goes, okay, well, that's not, that's, he's like, that's not going to pass anymore here. And that was the first teacher that ever looked at me and was like, okay, I don't care, but that's not going to pass here. Yeah. And then from there on, it's always been a very, like, it's a huge bond. Like, to the point he came over and worked on our cars with us. Oh, wow. Like, house shop. Like, he's in Bowness as well. So, gone done work at his house, done work at our house and stuff like that. Very close teacher. And that was kind of, we had, like, a very close and had a lot of good conversations with him to the point where he looked at me. He was like, you have to pass high school. And I was was like, yeah, that's, I guess that's true. Mm -hmm. Because when when I first went into high school, I didn't take school as serious as i definitely should have and then like i had to go back and take grade 10 twice mm. i had to go back and do a little bit of grade 11 because i got put in all the in, in alberta they go by dashes in the high school okay it goes dash four to dash one dash one's a really smart class dash four you're in there with the droolers gotcha yeah i got put in with the droolers because i didn't go to junior high gotcha like, i went but i i never did anything. yeah I got put in all the Dash 4 classes. So you had to work through, you had to do your first year Dash 4 classes, then you had to go back and upgrade. Mm. So it almost put, it technically puts you a year back. But a lot of, a lot of the hard work and actually sitting there doing school, I passed grade, grade 12 diploma, everything at the same time all my other buddies did. Oh, wow. I didn't have to stay there for an extra year or anything like that. I, I grinded. I was like, there's no way you guys are keeping me for a year for an extra year. Yeah. That was one of my biggest goals leaving high school was graduate when everyone else graduates. So then you turn it on when you need to. Yeah. You know, that's another Canada thing that you might not even know. Grade 10. Oh. You say 10th grade. Oh, okay. You know how I know that? From Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> that's Canadian yeah. classic right there. I will always watch that. Why would you say that? Grade six. Yeah. Grade seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's 10th grade. If you're trying to be incognito, you say, yeah, yeah 10th grade. 10th grade. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep that one on ah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So you, uh, so you were just living life young, oh. dude. Oh, yeah. And then. So what was it? You just. 
didn't care or you just didn't care about did it? i honest i didn't know what i like at that age no one knows what they want to do and at the yeah. same time i was kind of i didn't like what you're saying just didn't really care uh like junior high for the most could have cared less yeah like throw all of junior high couldn't care less and then grade 10 second semester that's when i actually take school serious again mm. so what are some of the things that that intrigued you on that uh that shop class the teacher being so involved like to the point where he knew every single one of his students first and last names not a lot of teachers actually like in school were like oh i know so and so they're kind of like oh. he knew everyone by face and name and he had the old school teacher aspect to him like you want to fuck around cool you can sit in here and you won't touch a car for the next month mm. type of idea like you'll sit here and do paperwork Got you. Yeah, and like straight down to the point of this is what we're gonna do. Like within the first week, we had motors ripped apart. What kind of motors? Uh, I had a three hundred two. Oh, okay. So they are just a whole bunch of junk motors that all the kids eventually have taken apart and put them back together. Like Ford. Yeah. Ford shit. Ford shit. Ford and, uh, shit. Got bunch. you. That's what you do with a Ford. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, do, yeah. take it apart, <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> yeah. And then I got. I'm still a Chevy guy. Okay. That's it. There's a there's a gang war. Yeah. Crips, Bloods, Chevy, <laughs> Ford, <laughs> you know. Honda, Volkswagen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because that's how I got a, a lot of my buddies are Volkswagen guys. Oh, really? Like huge Volkswagen dudes. All Mark Fours. Oh, One of my wow. buddies, that's all he does is he flips Marks for TDIs. Oh, shit. Poor dude, man. <laughs> Tell him right? to have a real German car. BMW. <laughs> yeah. You go there and it's literally just set, like it's a, a dealership for Mark IV folks. Really? It's, it's crazy. That's actually a, a market that we do want to get into. That would be awesome. Because those guys build crazy cars. They, and they get meticulous. They're the originators of the shaved yes. in Jimbe. Yeah. I'm just kidding. They're they're dope. Man. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know all the different chassis, but I remember it was like maybe early 90s one. Like a Mark, um, Mark II. Or Mark so, three. Something yeah. like that where the motor just floats in there. Like, wow, dude. I think that's the Mark three. chassis. And they were like cut out like the, um, where the windshield wiper, the, uh, like the cowl yeah. right there. So it's like a step. Oh, sick, yeah. dude. No, like they, they're, they like to mess around a lot with their cars and like it's inspired a lot of other people's bills as well in all the other different aspects of the car community. Yeah, for sure. So you're taking apart piece of shit Ford motors. Yeah. Taking apart piece <laughs> of shit Ford motors. Uh, and then I got, I got paired with the special needs kids. Okay. So we did it like it was mixed classes. We got, I got paired with the special needs kids and it, he did it on purpose. I didn't know this at first, but he took it to the aspect of if he can teach this kid, teach these two kids how to build a motor he's like i need to take care of this kid type idea mm -hmm. sure enough i became like head foreman of this motor build and i helped two special needs kids put a motor together oh wow and like without touching a tool and my shop teacher came up to me he's like okay you must have something you must be somewhat like just bugging me or he's like you must be like somewhat smart if you could teach someone how to put a motor to back together yeah that can not do their classes so what was your way of of connecting with these special needs kids? Was like, it how you explained it to explained them? Explained it to them and not freaking out on them. Because gotcha. like a lot of kids would freak out on them. Be like, okay, well, I'll go up to my teacher and lose it, right? Be yeah. Like, I can't. I can't sit here and do this. You just be calm and patient. Mm -hmm. They figured it out. They figured out how to use sleeve compressors and everything. Like they had 
they were torquing everything, dispecting everything, leaving dots on the bolts. And oh wow! Oh yeah, like they got right down into like building a motor. Yeah. And that was one of like that was a really cool because he came up to me at the end. He's like, I didn't think you were gonna last. Yeah. He was like, Yeah, I definitely did not think you're gonna be able to sit there and build a motor with them, right? I had to do it. Like, wow. I wasn't gonna say no, right? No, not. And then throughout the year, we just got to work on crazy stuff, like putting transmissions and roadrunners, and we did a motor and a transmission in the roadrunner, and then brakes all around on the Super B and stuff like that, and just normal cars came in and out all the time. It was a work. Like, you customers would actually come in and get work done by the students. So who's sh- it was for for school? Yeah. So who got the money? the school really yeah wow so like it would it wasn't like a huge clientele or anything like that it would be like the teachers or like some people like from the community and stuff like that would come that's and get their interesting oil changed on as their tires done wow yeah so the students are working for free pretty much and- <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. and then this teacher is like oh my trans messed up yeah i mean oh, come yeah. here Swap it out, kids. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that sounds gonna... a little close like jail. <laughs> it's kind of the same concept of jail. <laughs> but um, that's cool. No, That's and, super cool. Yeah, because like, we had him for three years all throughout high school. That's and a good gig for that teacher. Oh, yeah. Being an old school muscle car guy and being like, eh, I got 800 minions to take. Yeah. <laughs> oh, build wow. a car, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! So when you would build this motor, say that three hundred two, yeah. would it, you would have to start it up and everything? Uh, some of them we did start up. Most of them weren't. They've been blown apart and taken back together hundreds of times. Gotcha. Like it's just like it's just some junk motor that kids blow apart, put back together, just to get the concept of this is how you take apart a motor. Okay, got you. Yeah. So once it's all put back together, he just inspects it and yeah. makes sure that everything. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, you like passed. goes by and like yeah, sweet you. Gotcha. Um, you don't have extra bolts left. Good gotcha. You. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think you're getting down to the point of using like a uh, plastic gauge and stuff like that mm-hmm. to make sure it's at the certain thou specness. And mm. you went in like in depth with it, and it was really cool. And that was the second week into shop class mm. in grade ten. Okay. And you were building motors. Gotcha. And then the rest of it was just learning how to use a tire machine, balancers, and learning how to use acetylene torches, and just. Anything you could think of that was at hmm. our accessibility during school. Everything was snap-on tools for like a... Because like Boness is considered the hood. Not complete hood. It's forest lawn and Boness. It's, it's not the hood. It's if you're using hood. snap-on yeah, no, tools, no, it's, it's not, not the hood. It's not like, the hood. I'm going to tell you that the school, right now. Like, no, like, no. The, like the community, the community <laughs> no. itself. Because the shop teacher... I'll community. take you. I'll, <laughs> I'll take you. you I'll take you to the hood yeah. right it's after this part. Okay, it's different out here. Yeah. Oh my god! But like when he showed up, all our tools were in buckets, mm-hmm. and he was the one that came to the school and went, "Okay, we need, we need tools." Yeah. And he came back with four snap-on boxes and a whole bunch of. Well, yeah, you got yeah. customers yeah. And making money, oil changes, <laughs> yeah. having the kids do oil changes. That's how they pay off the snap-on yeah, bill. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the school bought a snap-on bill, oh, and man. apparently the kids were working to pay that one off. Well, let me tell you about this. If that's the hood, if that bar is hood, <laughs> no, we're, no. <laughs> bro, we didn't have none of that shit, no. dude. And the, the, that's the reason he did it, though, because he was like, a lot of these kids, like a lot of the kids I grew up with came from hard families and stuff like that. And he was like, okay, I want to show them some respect back for sure and this was how he 
respect, like showed respect back to the kids was being, you'd you'd do pizza parties and everything for like the whole school. Oh wow! Like he wouldn't even just be like, oh, by like mechanics and stuff like that. No, he would throw on these parties for the whole school. So how many students would be at this school roughly? Well, like your graduating class, maybe. Do you know what your graduating class was? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So we're like, it's a, it's a quite a small school. I can't even think off the top of my head how many students were in ours. Okay. No, I can't yeah. even think. I, so I don't. Know. I'm sure I was thinking like 57 or something <laughs> like that. 400. Yeah. That's a lot of pizza, dude. Yeah. Like that's it. That that was him, and that wouldn't come out of the school's pocket. Gotcha. That was that. That Very was that cool. man's money to show back, and like he'd make his his, his special spaghetti sauce recipe. He'd always. Mm make like jugs of this shit at oh, the end wow. of the year and just like be like okay whoever wants spaghetti and pop did you ever find out where this motivation came from with him his mechanics teacher got you yeah that's and like he will he will preach that to anyone that's where it came from for him got you was his first mechanics teacher very cool yeah so the things that you learned in this class were you able to take it and apply it to your other classes the motivational wise, yes, like actually being there to succeed and finish projects type idea mm. instead of oh, I'll start this and then hand it in four months from now. Gotcha. Instead of okay, you want this? Here, I actually have it done for you. Type gotcha. Idea. Yeah. Okay. So, what was your first car? I had a '95 Tacoma. '95. '95 Tacoma, Tacoma two wheel drive, five speed, no power steering, mm. no nothing. That's a cool car. It was. I loved it. It was yeah. such a fun truck. And then, and we bought the Civic, and the Civics it drove around for a week before we started ripping it apart. So that's the Civic that um you ha- you still have. Yeah. Though yeah, I mean the one me and my dad have been building for who God knows probably four years now. Okay. Yeah, and like it's gone down to a complete shell, like down to just metal. Oh wow. There's so what made you go from learning on old school muscle cars. And then going into like a Honda. I've always, I've always loved the Japanese era and stuff like that. And a lot of my friends also were into that era and already had cars and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I've been seeing all these videos of K-Swap Civics. Mm. Oh, who knows? Probably sitting there at night watching YouTube videos and K-Swap Civics came up. Got invested. Got you. And then I was on, it was really, this is funny how we actually got the car. I was on a school field trip and we're just leaving Bonas. See a gray Honda Civic hatchback with a for sale sign on the back of it. Mm go running after school down to this car and it has $1,100 in the window. Oh, wow. Rust-free, clean shell, runs and drives. It was like a 300,000-kilometer car and no rust. I was like, holy shit, this is... Because we've been looking for like three, four months now for one. Sure enough, get the guy's phone number, go back, call him. He's like, I need the car for an extra week. He's like, I got to go to Red Deer and do all... He was a rock geologist. I didn't say that right, but geologist. <laughs> geologist. So Canada way. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. And uh he was like, I need the car for an extra week. I was like, Yeah, no worries. Like, go out, do your thing. Comes back, give him eleven hundred bucks and gives us a hundred bucks back. He's like, This is just for you guys being nice. Thousand dollar car. Thousand dollar car. Oh my god. And it was perfect. It was like if there was a car, the fine for a shell, it was that. And it was just a sweet car. The guy owned it since new, lived in Bonas his whole life as well. And then he was leaving the country. He was moving to like Peru or something. Oh, wow. He was like, yeah. He's like, I've sold everything. That was the last thing I owned in this country. Dude, that is a come up, bro. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Thousand dollars. Yeah. So it's an EK hatch. EK hatch. Thousand dollar EK hatch. Thousand dollar EK hatch. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's unheard of now. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Even for like a bead ass shell. Yeah. Still paying like three grand. Yeah, it's and like I've we broke one bolt. Mm. There's one bolt that was seized on that whole car. Wow. <laughs> well, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. If yeah. you need, if you need well, that car. That guy. I'm sure you've probably seen it, but the whole like we've done. Every single bolt in that car. Oh, really? There's f- four nuts left in that whole car that are OEM. Wow. So what is your plan? It's It started off as a track car, and it slowly turned into more of a show car. Gotcha. That's where it's leaning towards, but like, I'm hoping to get to a point where I'm comfortable enough driving that car to actually bring it to the track gotcha. and go and blast on it. So like a like um, like time attack kind of thing? Yeah, time gotcha. attack. We got we got a couple courses out in Alberta, but they're all three four hours away from us. Okay. There's nothing. That's cl- a ways. Yeah, there's nothing close. So on that, that's another thing that Calgary's really struggling with right now is having nowhere to go beat your cars up. What about like a quarter mile track? Nope, they took rid of it. Mm. I was I that's where as a kid I used to go there all the time. It was called Race City. Okay. And it was what just on like the outskirts of Calgary or something like that, and. Every Saturday night, it was five bucks for f- spectators or whatever, and anyone wanted it was like thirty bucks a pull or something. You yeah. drive up to the window, here's thirty bucks, and they would like write a number in your car and you'd go. And then you're set. Yeah, that's dope. Dude. They had a full on rate like time attack course. There's a road course there as well, and a dirt oval. You know what? Speaking of that, there's um, I think at there's a track here, and I think like every Thursday night they'll okay. have like a. Like a test and tune. Yeah. Night. That's awesome. But it's like, man, it's still like two hours away. Yeah. You know, there's nothing anywhere close by us. Okay. So you're kind of in the same field as well. Not having. Just go to the street. Exactly. (laughs) Catch me on the freeway. (laughs) Yeah. I can't do that stuff. No. Anymore. (laughs) Usually what I do is I'll just get next to a car. Yeah. Break them off and then let off. Yeah. That's it. That's just a little ego yeah. food. Yeah. And that's uh, it. Yeah. Dude. I fucked you off and now I'm good. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. all I need. Yeah. You know what's been funny is uh, Teslas. Because oh, okay. people who drive Teslas think they're the fastest thing in the world. Because, I've noticed. Yeah. Sorry. I've noticed. No one gives a fuck about the speed limit here. Eh? Oh, no. no. <laughs> We're driving down the highway. Like just a- getting blasted. 85. Like, yeah. I go 85. All Everywhere. day. All day. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, why would you go slower? Yeah, well, it's crazy. I got places to go. <laughs> I got things to fucking do. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, it's funny because like everyone back home, we cruise around at like a buck ten, buck twenty, right? And you're coming out here and everyone's past it because like, I don't know, what's the speed limit? Sixty five. Sixty five. Sixty five on the freeway. That's like one hundred and twenty. I don't know. One hundred twenty. Yeah, one hundred twenty. So like that's our speeding. Okay. It's like 120, 130. That's our cruising. Oh, my God. That's our cruising. Dude. There's people blasting us doing 90 down the freeway. You're like, oh, my Jesus. I drive yeah. 85 just. Yeah. Just because, dude. Yeah. Oh, I like, can't drive slow. No. Like, that car just wants to go. Oh, fuck. It I, just wants I to run. I would back. You know? Yeah. No, hell no, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I'll get, like, next to a Tesla, and they, I could see them. <laughs> driving like trying to be fast behind me and it's already been a few times where i've been on their bumper yeah and they're trying to get away and i'm just That's on awesome. it. i'm like and then they just go to the side yeah like yeah get just, out of yeah, here upset go charge yeah. pussy yeah. go charge up pussy <laughs> but um, um yeah i try not to be racing anymore dude yeah, yeah, yeah. it's dangerous 
mom 38 you're 19 yeah live life love oh, life yeah. you know be careful yeah be careful <laughs> in the streets so when was it that you decided that hmm maybe i should open up a shop we've been we were working with the company called rz crew out in japan rz crew rz crew okay it was when we we ordered our intake and stuff through them and a whole bunch of different parts and then one day they put out a post and like hey we're looking for international distributors kind of sent hey would be interested and just like not even really thinking about it right be like cool we're gonna sell a little bit of parts here and there and then they're they're like oh that would actually be really good because they're completely opposite of these completely opposite of the country or world the world yeah yeah and a month or two goes by then they're like okay build a website do this do this and we built the website they loaded us like gave her the csv files and stuff like that and built Mm -hmm. a website out of it and then they're like okay so here's your login account you guys now sell parts and that's and that was our very first supplier so what type of parts were they they were it was a lot of like the Cusco brand bride and then they had their own line of parts as well called the rz crew line okay they did intakes coils there's a there's tons and tons of parts you could do wheels seats arms coils the endless like pretty much whatever you could think of for your japanese car they carry got you and then once we had that covered we're and i started moving a little bit of their parts i had a lot of people started asking about american muscle and trucks and stuff because that's alberta Mm -hmm. american muscle and trucks is huge out there and i didn't have any other parts so we started looking into different suppliers inside of calgary and stuff like that and now we're sitting at um four aftermarket suppliers inside of calgary well, inside of Canada, I should say. Most of them have warehouses here, but some of them don't. And right now, we sit at about just under 500 aftermarket companies that we carry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's that's like it's really hard to explain to someone. When someone goes, what do you carry? And you're like, everything. So you have access yeah, to I have, all of this. Yeah, stuff. I have Got access you. to okay. everything now. Got like, you. we don't stock, Got like, a huge amount of stuff, but Got I have you. access to everything. Okay. Got you. Because, like, back home, there's the Walmart, we call it, for aftermarket parts. You got your JB Power Center, you got your Mopac and stuff like that. Everyone has the exact same shit in their showrooms. Mm-hmm. You come by our shop, we have that Walmart variety of parts, but you walk in and it's status, downstart, PLN. Mm. That's what mostly is on display right now. And no, everyone's like where's this stuff from like we've never seen this it's not mm. out here what like what is it and you get to explain to them that oh you could you want to make your car 10 times cooler we got you covered you got your seats your bolts your exhaust your headers and like they make the shifters and stuff like that from plm that's when ones that we've been really starting to push is the plm stuff got you just because you get the headers the intakes the valve covers and all that stuff and Especially like at the last show we went to, a lot of people actually knew Downstar. Oh, really? And that was the first time. Oh, wow. And like I had a couple people like, oh, sweet, you got Downstar and stuff. And like at different shows. And then a whole bunch of these people are coming. Oh, my God. I didn't know you guys carried Downstar. Oh, wow. They're like, this is awesome. And then a lot of it was the last show we went to, a lot of people were like, we didn't even know you guys existed. They're like, you guys are so new out in this side of the city. He's like, we had no clue you guys existed. Yeah. And that was that was that was good to know. And like we ran out of business cards that day. That was Saturday last week. 
like people are just just starting to come out good for you yeah no that one that one was a big huge like what you say like an ego boost yeah right and working with that shop revved they've been a huge promoter of us and as well and like even they send a lot of their customers to us for the parts and then we send it back to them for the install and stuff like that so there's a lot of good relationships built gotcha just on working together so you link up with this japanese brand um you become a distributor for them where in japan are they uh singapore okay got yeah. you where where is that in relation to i couldn't tell you uh, <laughs> I just know Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tokyo and Osaka. Yeah. And that's it. Um, when was this when you finally this started the website and started working with them? Grade 11. So that was 2018? 2018. Okay. So that's that's kind of like random thing to be in. Yeah, like it was, 11th it was, grade and it was spur of the moment, right? Just kind of sitting there and they're like, oh, we're looking for distributors. It's like, so what made you even think about it? Like that you could do it or that you wanted to do it or my biggest thing was because like there's always that great feeling of when you buy a car purse and you open your door and there's a box of shiny pieces. Yeah, they're waiting for you to go in your fun car. Right. And I was like, well, if I buy all these car parts from who God knows where everywhere else why can't I start selling it to people that also start with their car, like start building cars and stuff like that. So my biggest thing was Calgary has a very small variety of shops to go to. There's not a many shops in Calgary that actually have the aftermarket parts supply. And that was one of the things there's not a hole in the market, but there is at the same time. Mm. And that's where I at grade 11. I wasn't thinking that much about it. I was like, Oh, you know what? This might just be a side hustle. And then slowly over the years of acquiring more suppliers and stuff like that, it became my full-time job. Got you. And now I I quit my full-time job at the beginning of this year to go and do this completely full-time. Congrats, man. Thank you. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. That's huge, bro. Yeah. And yeah, that was huge, huge, huge ego boost for being able to do this now full-time. So how many jobs have you had? I had... And what were they? First one was sweeping garbage at the Stampede in Calgary. It's that dad was saying about it. It's the, ten, the rodeo? Yeah, the 10-day-long gotcha. party. Okay. Yeah, 10-day-long party. I swept garbage there. Did you ever find anything crazy in the garbage? No, no. Mm. Uh, and it, it surprised me because like that place, it's a 10-day it's a bender for a lot of people. That's crazy. <laughs> Cowgirls? Cowgirls, cowboys, Ooh. every old body. It's That's a great time. Crazy. <laughs> and they do all like the big beer tents and everything and like big deep, like a lot of it's music events. Yeah. And then like the rodeo and stuff like that. But like for a lot of like the kids in Calgary and stuff, it's all the music events and all these different beer tents and the beer gardens and this, this and that. But yeah. So, so you were working that. I was working that. I was 13 years old mm-hmm. when I got my first job and it was sweeping that for the week. I got my first paycheck. Bought car parts at the first picture mm. type idea. And then after that, it was a year or two after I did Toys R Us mm. as a cashier over, okay. over the Christmas like season. They're still around? There's one left in Alberta. Gotcha. I okay. think so. They're gone from here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Toys R Us is done, though, dude. Yeah. No, the, that one closed... 
probably two, three years ago now. Okay. But yeah, that was the second job. And then my mom and my grandma worked at a spa close to home for the last 10, 15 years, something like that. And I jokingly told my mom one day, I was like, you guys need a towel folder? Mm. And I got a text halfway during my day of school that she's like, you're coming to work tonight. You got a job. Oh, wow. Grade 10, like first week of school and folded towels for 14, 15 an hour. After after school, go there, do your six hour shift, and go back home. That's not bad. No, and it was like it was a good gig, especially through high school, paid insurance and all that, and let you really had lunch insurance yeah. covered. And I left there to go work at Honda after high school. Okay. I started as a lot boy at Honda. Like it was first week out of school. I sent our parts. One of our parts guys that I worked with I was like, "Hey, is there an opening?" Mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh, we're looking for a lot kid." It's like perfect. What is that? You drive cars through the car wash and park cars. For okay, got you. Yeah, you just... What the hell did they call those here? Lot Lizard? <laughs> That's something totally <laughs> different. I know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the word I can't think of it. But yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Lot Boy. Lot Boy. Lot Boy. Yeah, there's there's all sorts... When you come into the technicians, you're like, oh, here's your key. And oh, they have some names for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not a lot. Hopefully not a lot, uh, Lizard. Oh, no. You got called it once or twice. But uh, yeah. you're over here like, hey, listen here. I am not at the truck stop. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. um, so you're working at Honda. I was working at Honda. I did the lock kid position for about nine months. And I, within the interview, my manager already knew that I wanted to go into the shop. Mm-hmm. And he finally came up to me one day and he was like, okay, your first training day is today. Nice. And then... I'd say a month and a half later of being in and out of the shop, still doing the lot boy stuff and working in the shop with them. Next, you know, he comes in, he's like, here's your key to your toolbox. Oh, wow. Toolbox, a lift and everything. And I did that for a year and a half. I got my blue book. I got all my hours and stuff like that. And it was a crazy experience because like coming out of high school, working on all the cars that I have and stuff like that already. I had a really good experience going into there compared to some of the other apprentices that were starting. And the manager figured this out real quick because within the first week, he's like, here's a time, here's a timing belt, water pump, and an oil pump. I just filled my toolbox with, like, oh, by, wow. like, home tools, right? And I was like, you really trust me with these? Oh, and wow. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then from there on, I got I got tossed a whole bunch of big jobs for being an apprentice. Like, I, I did motors, transmissions, whole bunch of stuff. In a year and a half of working there, I worked on pretty much everything you could have but this is totally different than the stuff that you learned in school so how are you learning about these newer it honda was, motors i had i had a journeyman that okay I, gotcha. I did. like it, we shared a bay but he had his own lift i had my own lift and a lot of it was i look at take it as big off, yeah i look at a big boy lego that's the way i look for at sure. cars it's just for big sure. boy lego if it goes it comes apart one way it goes back together one way for sure and yeah and a lot of time it would be like hey what do i gotta do before i take this off and eventually, after you get the rundown of, like, timing belts on the V6 Hondas was one of the bigger jobs, but you could break it down into 45 minutes. Mm. And while I was watching people do a water pump and timing belt in 45 minutes. Wow. Just lickety split with it. But, like, I, I was never that fast. I think yeah. my fastest T-belt was, like, two hours. Gotcha. And that's still quick. for. That's still for sure. Yeah. And a lot of it was you'd eventually just get in the rhythm of it and, a lot of, and then talking to him and being like, okay, I'm going, this is the job I pulled. What do I got to do to get to this point of actually doing this job? Gotcha. Give you a little run through. And then if you had questions, go over and ask them. And stuff okay. Like that. But 
for the majority kind of i just kind of sent it for gotcha. the majority of it gotcha oh very cool yeah so what made you start working at 13 uh, I've always, I've always wanted, I always wanted a job. Like as a kid, I always wanted to work. I always wanted my own money. I always wanted to be able to do my own stuff with my own mm. money. That was one of my biggest, biggest things was being able to do what I wanted to do with my money and not feel bad about it. Did you have any sort of allowance or how did you acquire money before then? Allowance, doing stuff around the house. A lot of it, like I used to sell video games here and there back as a kid. Okay. Just like, could you have an X amount of video games? And you're like, oh, I don't play this one anymore. Go away and then go buy another one or something Got like that. You. So what are some of your earliest hustles or or exchanging certain goods I've for traded Hot money? Wheels a lot. Okay. In elementary, that was one of the big things. We'd show up a handful of Hot Wheels. Be like, oh, this one's way better than yours. So I'll trade you this shittier one that I got for that. And like like opened or? Uh, opened and in case. Like okay. I still have ca- cases from when I was in elementary. Gotcha. Like in case and everything. I, all of us have became very big Hot Wheel, Hot Wheel collectors type gotcha. idea. Yeah, that was probably the earliest. I never got into like the trading cards or anything like that. It was always Hot Wheels or actually there's one. It was Blade. There's these little things you used to throw out and they land on the magnet and they open up into a shape of sorts. I can't remember mm, what they were okay. called. But we started trading those and that was as that's like early, early. And then a lot of it was just starting out at the San Pedro like. Okay, sweet. I got. I didn't have to go to work. It was an option. Gotcha. Is the best way to put it. And I wanted. I wanted to get the experience. And I was one of because like, at that age, I didn't think I was going to be doing this. I was twelve years old. I was like, oh, sweet. I'm just going to work, right? Is and that like a normal thing in Calgary? Like for about s- that age. So for like a lot of like for a good amount of people, they sh- already have done some sort of work. Gotcha. By the time they're fourteen. Mm. So you say it's like like farm farmish kind of area the city city is city and then as soon as you get out of like the northwest it's farmy so do you feel like people already start at a young age you know having things that they gotta take care of yeah and like a a lot of kids that like i have one really close buddy and he lived is leduc Mm -hmm. leduc's another it's like two ish hours away from calgary that's where he grew up. Mm-hmm. He grew up feeding chickens and taking chicken eggs out of the coop at six, five God. years old. Like oh, that's that was okay. that was his life. He would go, okay, gotta go grab breakfast for the family. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> Let me go gotcha. grab the eggs out of there and like we're gonna pig farms and stuff like that. That's what his life was. Yeah. By like eight years old, he was making a paycheck. So what was your life like? Like about eight years old. Eight years up? old, I was riding my bike around the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging out with friends and stuff like that and going down to the river because we got a river that runs right through Bonas there and that was that was me at eight years old was out riding my bike riding downhill mountain biking at wind sport pretty safe yeah we definitely come out with a couple bangs up and stuff like that but but like the the area it's hit and miss got you it all really depends on who you put yourself for around. sure yeah yeah for sure you could go through your whole life living in bonus without ever having yourself in a shitty situation mm. or you're one of the kids that is doing x right got you yeah so let's fast forward a little bit you get that you talk to the company in japan yeah distribution when you started the website what was the website 
called or what was the distribution called? It was, we sat there for like about a week trying to make a name. Uh-huh. And that was where Midnight Auto Garage came up. Gotcha. So it's actually always been Midnight Auto Garage Incorporated. So what, where did the name come from? Notepad. There's a notepad mm. with 800 names on it. And then it was kind of seeing what was taken in Calgary, what wasn't taken. And then we found Midnight Auto Garage was an actually an other old mechanic shop 15 years ago in Calgary. And they went bankrupt or not sure what happened. They weren't, they didn't exist anymore. So that was one of the first ones that came around. I was like, we can take that name. Gotcha. And when you say we, who are, who is that? Me and my father. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Like my dad's been a huge part of this company with me. Cause I like, I, when I started this, I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sign a legal document for sure. So that's where a lot of it came together of me working with my father. So tell me about that. You you get this uh, message or what have you from the company in Japan and you're like, oh, this will be cool. Like, did you you approach your dad and told him about this idea? I messaged them and then he was actually messaged me right after. He's like, hey, did you see what RZ crew just put on their story? Mm. And I was like, yeah, it was an Instagram story. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I messaged him. I was like, I'd kind of be interested in doing it, right? Like for sure sell car parts everyone needs a car part yeah and then we kind of talked about it and slowly throughout building it i had a buddy come on at one point and then he kind of lost the vision of the company type idea and he backed out of it no hard feelings no nothing and he he backed out of it and then it was solely just me and my dad working on it gotcha and over that he's been a he's been a huge help because when i was younger i i was very nervous like when it would come to like when i was 17 i wouldn't be able to sit here and have this podcast i'd be sitting here freaking out mm. not like bad bad but like i would be freaking out right yeah. and not being able to talk to people and have the respect of a company owner when it was when your dad when like when dad would call they'd be like oh okay there's an actual dude on the other side of the phone it's not some kid that's in high school sitting here trying to sell car parts too. gotcha yeah and throughout the last couple years he's always that's i come to him if i ever need any sort of advice or what should i do or i'm having this issue he's the first phone call mm. being okay like what do i do with this he might not know either but we'll work together through it and it, there's always you need someone like that on your team where you can call and be like, okay we're fucked man like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i found this email in our email and we're fucked what do we do about it <laughs> someone in the trenches with you yeah that's awesome man yeah that's, that's he, cool that you guys have that relationship yeah. and like he's got his own gig and everything like that he works there's he has his own that's his one of his biggest thing he looks at me he's like i have my own career mm-hmm. he's like this is this is for you this is what you want to do then i will help you get there yeah and that's that's like straight from the heart i always try to find a way to tell him i appreciate it but it's always so hard when you're sitting there like okay like i get it like you're my father and stuff like that but it's hard to come to him and be like dude i appreciate this like i wholeheartedly appreciate this and i even just the other night i came up to him was it was after the car show and i go dude you just started a car show with me for eight hours like, I don't know a lot of other fathers that would actually have the motivation to sit at a car show with their kid for eight hours yeah. and just chill out, sell car parts all day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's It definitely is rare. Yeah. You know, especially for a dad to take interest 
yeah. in, in his son's whatever he's yeah. got going on, you know? Yeah, and, like I, like, I got a lot of friends and stuff like that where their parents are very supportive of it, but at the same time, they're not in the knit and gritty with it For as sure. Well. Yeah. For sure. Oh, very cool, yeah. man. So you guys are working side by side on this. Yeah, and then, like, when he's up north, like, even when he's home, he has a home life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to... I'm not going to deny that he has a home life and he needs to have the home. I got a little nine year old sister at home and my mom and stuff like that. He needs to be around them. Yeah. So it's mostly me that runs it. But at the same time, he's always there. He's always there for either a phone call or a backup or anything. Like he'll go out and do deliveries or he'll go do pickups and stuff like that. And it always like there's a, there's a nice gr- middle ground with us. Yeah. Compared to me just doing it solely. For sure. Yeah. So let's talk about like your customers. So now that you have the shop, you have access to all these brands. Walk me through like how a sale was goes because from my my side of things, almost everything that we do is online. Yes. So like I was showing you, we'll get the invoice, pack the order, ship it out and that's it. So how do things look on your end? A lot of it is walking customers. Okay. And like either sending us an email or a message being like, hey, can I come in and actually sit down and have a conversation with you about what I want to order? And you sit there, you make a list with the guy and it's either, if it's an easy list, you can go around to put it up on the computer quick and then send him it, like show him this is what you owe me. Or a lot of the time is a customer will come in, give me a list of what they need. I'll be like, okay, here's, here's a card go to Tim Hortons or something, go hang out for a bit. Give me a couple minutes and I'll shoot you off an invoice. Gotcha. And then that's, that's a lot of how it goes down. Like we've slowly been getting a lot more online orders, just random. It's, it still makes me laugh to this day when I get an order that's online. I'm like, who, where, mm, like, what is okay. this? Right. I get gotcha. a ding on my phone. I'm like, eh. got so, you. Cause like a lot of it is just solely done in person. Got you. That's what, so what stops the customer from just, ordering it themselves our website got you that's and all that we really have to do work on our website because it gets a little when you're trying to pinpoint the exact like when you're trying to go through and filter by like your make model and stuff like that we don't have that fully set up like if you go onto someone else's website and you punch in your make model and it gives you all the parts for that your make model that we're looking into bringing on someone to do our website for us mm-hmm just because it's so much in the background sure. that it would be cool to say like, oh, we built this and we did that. But I know someone's going to make this look 10 times better than I ever could. For sure. Now, I guess what I mean is what stops the actual customer from just going online somewhere else and ordering and getting delivered to them? A lot of it is being able to support local. Okay. Like that's, a oh, huge, okay. that's a huge thing back home is small businesses or even just people supporting each other locally. Like a lot of it's a lot of people that come in are also small business owners. Mm. They're like, oh, I saw you guys are very like small, small business and local. He's like, I'd much rather support you than the big monster that's selling all the parts eight blocks away. Got you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, how much do you feel that uh, customer service plays a part into the success of your brand? Huge, huge. That's been one of our biggest things is I've always like even for when I call places, my customer support's shit. I'll tell I'll tell the guy be like, hey, like, you suck. Like, mm-hmm. I did not enjoy this phone call, and that's been a huge part of my end is just being nice and try to keep it somewhat on a personal level, even if you don't know the person. Yeah, 
If you have no clue who this person is, ask them their day when, ask them where they're from or whatever, stuff like that. Kind of just keep it on a personal level so they don't feel like you're sitting there trying to jip them for their $8,000 worth of For parts. sure. Yeah. Now, where did you acquire this skill out of customer service? Um, Mostly learned, but at the same time, I've my father's a really good speaker. Mm. And I for first year or two, I sat back. I kind of sat back in the corner and was the man behind the curtain. I would sit there and watch him talk and watch how he like talked with people. Because at 17 years old, you've never talked to a 40-year-old dude that's trying to give you $15,000 for car parts. You're sitting there shaking by the end of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And now it's a lot easier for me to look at someone and have a steady conversation and not just try to pull shit out of my ass, for yeah. example. Now, how... Uh what are some of the types of cars that you guys specialize in? Uh, we sell quite a bit of the Honda parts. Mm. Uh, there's a the Honda community is really starting to grow inside of Calgary, and it's awesome to see because I'm like we're all Honda boys at heart. Yeah. And when I first bought the EK, there was no one else really doing those builds, and then you could slowly see it starting to pick up, slowly starting to see it pick up, and now there's there's actual Honda meets and stuff like that. Like my old dealership does a Honda meet every year. Oh, wow. Then it's Honda Acura strictly only. Very and they cool. Get, they get like a hundred and something cars in, if not, maybe a little less. But yeah. It's all about finally bringing people together. Cause Calgary was in a weird spot two, three years ago in the car community. Mm -hmm. Everyone was at each other's throats for no good reason either. Shows were getting shut down and just like, beef between car groups and this and that it was just a big drama filled pool in the car scene now everyone's finally like fuck the drama let's all be fucking friends we're all here to do the same thing yeah have fun drive our cars so since you've become a business owner how has that impacted your personal life and your friends and family it, and things like that it has shown you who's out there to either help you or push you to succeed and who's there that doesn't actually give a flying fuck about you. Mm. And I've definitely lost, not lost friends, but uh, taken a step back from with friendships with people just because mm. they don't see the vision or they're not very supportive of it and stuff like that. And it's, that's just the noise I don't, I don't want in my life as a noise. Someone's like, Oh, well you can't come out and do this because you're working on your company. Mm. Well, no shit. I want to make this grow. There's no reason for me to go and do this if I actually have shit to do, right? Yeah. And that was a big thing for me to overcome. Being young and everyone's out partying and everyone's doing this, everyone's doing that. And being able to sit back and be like, this is going to suck for the next five years, but in the five years from now, I'm going to be laughing at all that. Have you ever personally seen somebody grow a brand or a business? No. I've never, there's not one person like that's like close wise sat there and watched them sit there and grow and watch a business. So what, what, what gives you like that confidence that you putting in this work is going to pay off? Uh, watching like people like yourself and a lot of the other companies that started out in the same type of idea. There's, there's a hole here. Let's do something about it. And look at you guys now. You guys got this beautiful space. And you got a lot of clientele. You got all the beautiful cars and stuff like that. And that was a huge inspiration. And watching different companies, like you look around and then there's like the JB's Power Center is a company inside of Calgary. And they have a ginormous storefront. Mm -hmm. 
and all they do is sell carve arts. They have a shop in the back, but majority is it just carve arts. And seeing that and knowing there's someone that actually owns that. Yeah. It's crazy to see that. That's my, that was my biggest, like, eye opener is there's somebody that started this that was a kid or a middle aged dude that was like, you know what, we're going to do this. Yeah. And that's been, that's huge for me. And working, working at the dealership really taught me that I don't want to work for anyone. For sure. Because like, man, man, like, don't be wrong, management wasn't terrible there, but it just showed me that, okay, I'm a number to you. Why would I, I even told my manager when I left, I was like, why would I help this company grow when I have my own company on the side that I could possibly make this my life? Mm-hmm. And then he under, he understood it, but at the same time, he's sitting there trying to do the corporate manager and be like, oh, well, we need you to help us grow and stuff like that. And I was like, you can find someone else to replace yeah. me. You honestly could care less if I leave right now or not. So yeah, let, let's talk about that when uh, you told me that you uh, or you put in your two weeks. Like, lead me up to that. So, long story, or I get well, we can get into it. I got put in the hospital. I had myopericarditis. The sac around your heart gets inflamed. Okay. Out of nowhere, I was at I was at work one day and I was like, ah, my chest hurts. And I wake up the next morning, I was like, oh, my chest really hurts. And I got asthma and stuff like that. So I just went to the urgent care and I was like, oh, I need like a puffer and steroids. Hmm. Like, have you ever had your heart checked? No, oh, 19 years old. And they checked my heart. They're like, okay, that's not supposed to be there. I was like, huh? Come around the corner. They're like, here's eight aspirin. The ambulance is on the way to get you. Oh, shit. I was like, I looked at the nurse. I was like, oh, so like, this is like serious, eh? And she looks at me. She's like, yeah. Oh shit! And like in all, like they just, long story short, they put me on anti-inflammatories and just a whole bunch of just like little things and keeping pills to keep your liver good from all the other shit you're taking. Mm-hmm. Put you on that for three months and you're not allowed to do anything. And so I was like, oh shit! Like they they wouldn't let me go back to Honda for three months. And then I came out of the hospital and the powder coat I work with hit me up and he's like, hey, I found this new storefront with a bay on the back do you want to go in together and buy it so this was just somebody that you had or yeah it was one of the companies that we worked with for last we started we started sending all of our product out to him like our ek build to get all the arms powder coated the subframe and stuff like that we created a good relationship with him and stuff like that gotcha and then we've always kind of talked about maybe going together on a place and he sends me this link and he goes look at this so it was twelve thousand square feet building a nine thousand or ten thousand square foot shop in the back and a two thousand square foot storefront in the front, and he was like, well, "How big is the storefront? Two thousand square." Oh wow, that's it, a it, nice it, it, size. It's, it is a quite a big storefront. Okay, and it's like split into two, so there's like the main room, side room, and then there's the back shop as well. Okay, but yeah, so he hit me up and he was like, "Look at this place," and then I'd say a month after that is when we got the got the keys to the place, and I still wasn't working at Honda. So you were taking a break. I was taking of, a break okay. because of the stuff that happened with my heart and stuff like that. And I started pushing min. I started to focus a lot more on midnight. As was, you're off of your yeah, job. Yeah. Okay. I was like, okay, well, if I'm doing nothing, I might as well actually do something with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And midnight was at a, at an idle area. Like we were still doing sales, but we weren't also like promoting and putting ourselves out there and actually trying to grow. So I took that. And I was like, okay, we have to 
do something with this. I have three three months off. I didn't even know if I was actually going back to work. Mm. So I was like, I got to do something. So that's where we bought the shop and I started promoting a lot more and going to shows and doing all the stuff. And then I had to go back to work. We were doing really good sales. We had really good months going while I was off. And they're like, hey, we need you to come back. Go back. Our sales dropped probably 50% my first month back at Honda. Mm. And then I called I called my dad. I was like, I can't do both full time. I was like, my one phone's ringing. The manager's yelling at me at the other year, right? And I looked at him and I was like, I think I'm finally in a position where I can quit this full time and take the ball and run with it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I sent you the message. Like, hey, man, I'm thinking about putting my two weeks in. And then the next day, I put my two weeks in. And what did they say? They're like, why, where are you going? Like, you're supposed to be going to school and doing, getting your ticket done and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm too busy. I was like, this place fucking sucks. And I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And like, it, it, like, I didn't leave like butting heads with anyone or anything like that. But like I told them, I was like, I can't. Like, For sure. There's some mornings I wake up. I don't want to fucking come here. Yeah. I got a car on my hoist when I first get there. No, I yeah. don't want to touch that thing. Right. So before you had the storefront, how are you selling parts? It was word of mouth. A lot of it was just like friends, family and stuff like that. And just random emails and phone calls and stuff like that. A lot oh, of it was wow. just word of mouth. Like a lot. Like I, our first sale came through the website after the storefront. Mm. And like up leading up to that, it was just family, friends and word of mouth. Wow, that's crazy. That's like super old school. Dude. Yeah, like like I that's one thing I will say is like we brought it when we, when we started it wasn't I didn't think I was gonna get to where I am right now. Yeah, and I finally as I saw it starting to grow and stuff like that's when I was like, okay, this is it. Like I gotta take the ball and run with it. You know, it's crazy because like I was saying, how we do business here is everything through the website. But I would love for somebody to come in and be like, hey, can you get me this, and this, this? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay, here, I'll pay you. All right, it'll be in, in a week and a half. Yeah. When people order stuff from me that we don't have in stock or what, that we don't necessarily sell or advertise yeah. that we sell, it's a very strange concept to me. Because yeah. I think like, well, why wouldn't you just buy it? from their website yeah you know that's that's my yeah. first thought and that's why i was asking yeah. you that like i have had some customers that wanted to buy we sell these um these caps they're from a company called golden wrench they're in the yes, bmw I, yeah, community i saw them and i'm like the guy wanted to buy the caps and he's like oh, i'll pay you for them now like <laughs> okay they'll be in a couple weeks yeah like why wouldn't you just go to, the, to their website yeah. and buy them it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me yeah but i would love that it's it's a it's a great feeling because like even just the week before I left here, I had some guy come down and he was he ordered injectors, Honda a map sensor, and a whole bunch of other shit. And he literally called me in the morning. He's like, "Hey, I just noticed you guys are two blocks away from my shop. Do you mind if I stop by and chat with you?" I was like, "Yeah, hundred percent." Then he walked out. Or he paid. We went through a list. He paid for the parts, and I said, "Hey, they'll be here in a week or two. Got here in a week or two, and he just came back and. He left his phone number, right, mm-hmm. to call him, and he just came back, picked them up, and he said, from now on, he's like, I'll pop by here if I ever need anything. That's crazy, dude. I wonder if there's, like, if people would do that here, you know? Yeah. Like, I wonder if, like, 
Because like, I've never even that, offered it. Is that yeah? Like, have you ever like told people come by get your bolts or? Yeah, I mean we yeah. we have the storefront, so people will stop yeah. by and they'll they'll buy bolts or they'll bring some bolts and swap them out yes. or what what have you you yeah. know. But I've never thought about it like because I have relationships with all these companies. Yeah. So I can easily hit up like a Hasport or something. Be yeah. like, hey, I need some yes. some mounts. Yeah. But it's just. It it never made sense to me because then I would have to worry about, you know, shipping them out and things yes. like that. But and that's, it would be cool to have people that would come by the shop and yeah. give me a whole laundry list of things. Yeah, and it, it's sick because, like, a lot of it I strictly – well, not strictly. Like, it's all inside of Canada that we do sell to. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it's just Alberta. Mm. And, like, a lot of people, the farthest people are ordering from are Edmonton. Mm. Edmonton's three hours from Calgary. I guess where the the big difference would be is the the country yeah. because we're in the U.S. so they can order it from wherever. Oh, I would love you know? to be out here to order car <laughs> yeah. parts, man. But yeah, I go to just... website free shipping, free this, free that. You're like, what? And then you're like, oh, I'm from Canada. They're like, oh yeah, that doesn't apply to you. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah okay. and that's one of our biggest, uh, one of my biggest features that I like to be on is be the one person inside of Calgary or inside of Canada, mm-hmm. not one, but there is few to be like. I'll, I'll consider you incentives if you're from Canada. I gotcha. offer you free okay. shipping. Or if you're inside of Calgary, I'll deliver to you. Even if you spent $5 on who knows what, five bucks, on something, I'll drop it off to your door. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and just keeping that relationship with people and offering that, I feel like also opens up a lot of respect. Not respect, but like customer service with the customer. For sure. Yeah, customer service is huge, man. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like times are tough right now. Yeah. You know, and people... They're trying to figure out like how they're gonna make it. Yes, you know, and all the none of this stuff is necessary. No, none of these car parts are necessary. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you know they feel good when yeah, they're spending the exactly. money. Exactly, and like there's always there's always a way to take care of a customer, even if it's giving them something extra or just taking care of them. Yeah, like having them know that there's no stress on this. You order your part. Experience. You have your part. I'll come and drop it off your door the day it shows up. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's really cool. So when you get these parts that come in that you order, does it feel good? Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it feels great to be like come by someone's place or something, or someone even come by to you and grab the handful of parts that they just wanted. Yeah. I remember the first time I dropped off a part, I was sitting there shaking at someone's door, right? <laughs> like a little credit card machine in my hand, sitting there shaking at the door. Yeah. And the guy comes up and giggles, right? Because he's like, and there's an 18 year old kid sitting on my front doorstep <laughs> of a fucking terrible manifold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool, man. And like a lot of the sales, like before the storefront were coming, we do OB replacement as well. Uh huh. So a lot of it was that, like just like brakes, oil changes. And I was also doing stuff for like, for like inside the family, like idea, like, oh, you need brakes. So like by the person, I'll come by and do your brakes for you. Gotcha. And that was, that was a huge incentive for like family and friends and stuff like that. Nice, dude. So what is your uh, your future look like in your head? Uh, the future is to be able to sell the parts and also run a shop. And that could be anywhere from just like your daily driver, you need your brakes done, you need your oil change done. Sweet. That's what the front shop's for. Gotcha. And then Midnight Auto Garage comes into the back shop. I really want to get into the world of building cars for people mm. and building cars and putting bringing them to auction and stuff like that. That's... that's the, the retirement gotcha. is building cars and bring them to auction and stuff like that. That's where I want to be at some point and have midnight auto garage supplying the shop, supplying the customers still and 
grow a bigger powerhouse type idea. So five years from now, boom, we're there. Five yeah. years from now, what does it look like? Exactly. Five you years just, from now. You just pulled up. Five years from now, it will be the shop. There's this little mechanic shop right across the street from my place. I've been there since the 50s. So you get out of your, your car, you look over at your old shop, take a drink of your yeah. coffee, and you look at the new shop. Yeah. But walk in, walk in the door with me, dude. What's it? What's it's, everything look like? I like, it would be nice. To, like, I want to have a fancier, not fancier, but like a clean, modern showroom. What, what kind of floor do we got? We got uh, epoxy, like marble epoxy floor, okay. white, not like quartz, but like who knows, like some sort of wrap or something on the table that looks like marble or a real marble table. We're, gotcha. If we're at that point, we're at that point. We're, yeah. Wherever you want to be <laughs> yeah. at, bro, over there, marble table. Yeah, and then like you do like the glass display cabinets and stuff like that. And then the shop, the shop, who knows how many lifts or what's going on, but spick, span, clean. And a running powerhouse of either just your daily driver replacement or building race cars for people. Mm. Race Very cars, cool. resorts, anything, right? That's where I want to be. That's what you got to do, yeah. bro. You got to visualize every single thing. Yeah. Every aspect of it. Of you putting the key in that door. Turning yeah. off that alarm. Yeah. You know? Well, turning on those lights. Yeah. That was like the first day walking into the new shop, like because we did a whole bunch of paint. We painted all the walls. We did the roofs. Like we took a week and tore the whole place. The baseboards were replaced. Mm. We sat there, painted five hundred feet of baseboard, and painted every single wall in the place. Painted the roofs and everything, just to get it to a fresh start. To be able to come in and a customer be like, oh wow, like it's really nice in here, and like the floor is all tile flooring and everything. And, like it's an actually like I was I was it's nicely walking and have this nice storefront now is this something that you show on any of your social medias yeah like on our instagram and stuff we do have a good walkthrough of our showrooms so who runs your social media gotcha yeah so what is your approach with social media i'm slowly just starting to figure it out i want to be able to promote our more exclusive brands like you and status and plm that's what i really want to promote but also be able to show that we also have 500 other brands that sell anything you could ever need and like that's i just made a brochure i made a brand catalog and stuff like that and i'm figuring out how to build that into posts what like i do like i will say the one thing i do struggle with is social media Mm. just figuring out posts and stuff like that writing the caption doing this and Figuring out what you want to do that day and find a way to still make it promote. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there's also that incentive of just posting something and being like, how's everyone's day going? So what what stops you from doing or what do you feel is some one of your challenges? Um, Just not, not even negative feedback. Just seeing a post not do good. Is all mm. is just one of those things where it's like ah fuck what did I do wrong with that post type idea, gotcha. and then that kind of that sits there and resonates while you're making your next post or something like that. But I'm starting this. I'm starting to get over the fact of who gives a fuck what someone thinks, right? For sure. It's um, it's an easy thing, you know. Like you could get a post up and you could be like, "Damn, that post didn't do good." Yeah. But how how would you know? If you didn't post it. If you never 
you know? Yeah. If you never, if you never did it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How how would you know, you know, you just, you just got to do it. Yeah. And, uh, that's it, dude. Yeah. And like, no, I I really want to start. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's it. (laughs) That's awesome. Right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's as That's, easy as that. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Yeah. Whether it goes or whether it doesn't, you're feeding it. Yes. You got to feed the machine. Yeah. Every day. Every day. And people need to see what you're doing. Yes. Every single day. It's the consistency of your company. For sure. Idea. You walk in there. All right. This order came in. Yeah. Take a picture of it. Yeah. Put it on your story. Take a reel of it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be 4K. It doesn't no. have to be perfect. No. Nope. You just do it. Yeah. You post every single day. Somebody's going to see it and they're going to be like, oh, wow. I could get my fuel rail from midnight. Yeah. Let me go, let me go b- walk by there. Yeah. Let me order that up. Yeah. That's it. You know? I see what you're saying. Yeah. One of the biggest things about business is like, you just got to get out of your own way. You know? Who's going to say something? Somebody there. Somebody's gonna say something to you when they're on break at their job. Yeah. What the fuck does it matter? <laughs> they're at work, yeah. bro. Yeah. You have your own business. Yeah. You know. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's tough. It's just getting over the whole fact of oh, what does someone think about that? For like, sure. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And I've been there, and you know, I still struggle with it to this day. Um. But then I don't. Yeah. You know, there's there's two Franks that I, that that are out there. You know, the Frank is like very humble. Yeah. You know, and wants to this is the, the professional way that I represent myself. Yeah. Right. But this is me. Yeah. <laughs> this is me. And like we said, yeah. well, if if 10 people listen to it or 10,000 people, it doesn't matter. No. Like th- if you want to find the most genuine me, this is me because yeah. I can't bullshit for an hour and a half. No. You know, and I started this company from nothing, yeah. from just selling bolts. Yeah. What the fuck is anybody else going to tell me that clocks in? Yeah. They ain't going to tell me nothing. No. You know, I got seven palm trees, bro. <laughs> I, saw that I got seven <laughs> fucking palm trees. You know, I just bought the tool. Yeah. To fucking cut, right. to cut the leaves. <laughs> what the hell is anybody going to tell me? Yeah. You know, but I can't be that me. No. On social media because uh, that comes off in a different way. Yes. You know, 100%. that comes off so abrasive and yeah. oh, who is this guy? He he's cocky or whatever, but but I put in the work every fucking day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what you do. You put in that work every day. You need to show what you do. Yes. This order came in, this ten thousand dollar order came in. Yeah. This customer came in and gave me ten thousand dollars, my nineteen year old self ten thousand dollars in trust to give them these parts this transaction happened you're gonna see this happen and you're gonna see this happen every day any sort of transaction put that shit out there flood it yeah every five ten post every single day just make that shit happen dude you know and just not i guess sit there and think about it too much fuck it throw a post out there fuck it yeah who cares dude you know they're they're just they're on break yeah. while they're while they're thinking about something to say about you. Yeah, they're only doing it when they're taking a shit yeah. or when they're on break. Yeah, if not hey, you got to get back to work. Yeah, you know, and that's the way that I think about things. And that's what's really led to my success Yes, is that, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. 
because at the end of the day when i was working for someone somebody still had something to say yeah somebody always has something oh, to say 100 percent. you know but it's hard i get it you're yeah. young dude yeah, and yeah. you have a lot more challenges than i had when i was growing up my life wasn't public yeah your life is public yes something happens to you the whole world can know yeah when something happened to me when i was 19 you know the little network that i had in the little city that i had yeah. maybe knew about it yeah but no but no, it no. still doesn't matter no at the in, in the grand scheme of things it doesn't fucking matter no. dude you know something's gonna happen they're gonna yeah. they're gonna they're gonna fuck all the truckers and they're gonna forget about what you did bro <laughs> they're worrying about the next yeah. thing you know yeah uh, just do uh, you yeah that's it because at the end of the day dude it's like this is your this is your time yes. this is your life this yeah. is your window of the next 80 years yeah. and you got to design this how you want and i know that that's what your dad sees yes and your dad wants to help you out look i've worked my ass off yeah you know i've done these jobs i don't want that for you i want you to live life how you want to live life yeah and you already started it dude yeah and that's all you got to do is just fucking keep on keeping on. Yeah, just fucking do it. And you're going to mess up. Yeah. Everybody's going to mess up. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But you're going to mess up when you were at Honda. Yeah. You know? Oh, you're yeah. going to mess up at the salon. Yeah. I didn't say fold it that way. You <laughs> yeah. got your grandma on you. You got your mom on you. You folded it yeah, horizontal. <laughs> I wanted it vertical. Yeah. Where's the triangle? Yeah. You didn't tuck the fucking triangle. You know, you're going to get shit on it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I Trust me, I got shit on for folding shit the wrong way. <laughs> I know you did. Yeah. I know you yeah. did. The biggest thing, dude, is accountability. Yeah. You got to hold yourself accountable. You know, and there's that voice inside of you that's going to try to bullshit you. You know, it's Saturday. You know, you earned it. I said, no, you haven't earned it yet, no. bro. You haven't earned it yet. You will earn it, but you haven't earned it yet. You got to put that time in. If that's what you want... Any sort of pleasure that you have needs to be delayed. The longer you delay it, the bigger that pleasure yeah. is going to be. And that's one of the, that, you know? I will say that's, that's what I have started to notice over the last year or two has been okay. That can that can wait, but at nineteen, everything sounds fun, fantastic. We're going to do, but it's getting into that self of okay, no, you have a company to grow. You have a company, yeah. right? You're 19 years old. And you, you have, have a fucking, fucking company. company, bro. All right. Your friends are going to be out there partying, yeah. fucking, yeah. drinking, smoking. 25, you'll see where they're at. Yeah. From 25 to 55, they're going to be in the same exact spot. Yeah. They're going to be working at the same place, you know, because that's just how it is. Yeah. That's that's what they chose to do. That's life. Yeah. And that's here. That's Canada. That's everywhere. Yes. You know, and it's you, you, you'll have time for that. Yeah. And you'll, you'll have time that you could go out and party and shit and, yeah. and, and live life. Dishes got to get done first. Yes. And no one's going to have, no one's going to tell you that you got to do these dishes. Fuck no. You have to tell you. Yeah. And that voice in your head is going to be like, well, I'll just do it later. No. Fuck that voice, dude. Yeah. You know? That, that voice fucking sucks. That <laughs> bitch voice. Dude, I got yeah. that bitch voice still. Yeah. And it never leaves. The devil's always around the corner, bro. Yeah. Always around the corner, dude. And you can never put your guard yeah. down. You know? Yeah. 
you stick to it and this is the goal this is what yes. i'm gonna do and if i don't accomplish this today i'm gonna reevaluate tomorrow i'm gonna do better yeah now every day doesn't have to be perfect nope but you have to just try your best every yeah. single day yeah you know just do better each day that's it dude yeah. and it, as long as you just live by that you'll succeed at whatever whatever it is yes that you want to do yeah say you don't want to do this in five years fucking sell paper clips yeah. sell yeah. fucking paper clips yeah. who's gonna say anything yeah. right everyone needs a fucking paper clip that's it yeah. for sure yeah somebody made this mic afro yeah who the fuck made this <laughs> who made it yeah the mic company probably thought of it, but who's the one that actually came up with the fibers right. and the shape and everything? Yeah. Who's the guy that's actually making these, pack, packing them up and shipping it to this company? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Somebody needs this shit. Everything. Yeah. You know, the screws for these tables, every single thing, yeah. dude. Oh, it's it, it was crazy to see that aspect of the world being able to be, after like running the company for a couple of years and sitting there and being like, fuck, everyone sells something. Everyone makes something. Everyone sells something. For sure. And for a lot of people to just sit there and work for those people that make and sell something. And they don't understand that aspect of you can do it. Doesn't matter. Like you say, you're saying it's selling fucking paper clips or the mic afros. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is that you want to do, yeah. you can do it. And if you want to party from 16 to 25 and do the crazy shit that you want, that's chill. Yeah. But you have to realize... 25 to the rest of your fucking life you're gonna be working, you're gonna be working for off. somebody yeah and, and working for somebody for sure yeah now if right now you want to put your head down work your ass off by the time you're 30 laughing you're set yeah whatever you want to do yeah that's one of the that's what it was one of the biggest realizations for me to sit there and go fuck i'm not even 20 yet if i could take this ball and run with it who knows where i'm gonna be in the next 10 years whatever you want to do yeah. bro you know the world is yours. Yes. For sure. Kaden, I wish you the best, man. Thank you. Hell yeah, dude. And I ask you these things because in five years, I want you to play this back. Yes. Hopefully, we're still around. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, oh, you guys the, will still be here. Hopefully, the atomic <laughs> bomb hasn't hit yet. Yeah. Hopefully, YouTube's still around, but yeah. this combo will live on, you know? Yeah. And it's always something good to look back. There's a video that I did in 2017 with um right hand drive kev from four bangers production he flew down here and stayed for a week and okay. we like documented my whole life yeah. and we went to ibok and yeah. did the show and everything right at that time i was still working out of the house it was oh, 2016 okay, okay. Yeah. i was still working out of the house and we did a documentary you know yeah and i watched that now and i'm just like Damn, that's crazy because that was like, that was nothing. Yeah. The point that I was at at that point was like nothing. I couldn't even imagine the life that I have right now. Oh, yeah. Imagine five years. Or five years from now. Five years from now and you're looking at back at this again and you're going, holy fuck. For sure. And so on. Yeah. yeah. It's all about growth. And it will, if you stay on that, like you said, if you stay on that spectrum of just do better every day there's no reason you won't succeed and grow bigger and five years from now dude you're gonna open that door you're gonna hit that alarm you're gonna turn on all the tvs you're gonna go to youtube and then boom you're gonna watch this podcast yeah. and it's just it's all gonna click yeah. you know as you're leaning over watching it on that marble countertop 
That's it. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. That's what it's going to be like. Your buddies are going to come in. Hey, they're here for the car. Boom. They're going to snap yeah. out of it. All right. <laughs> let's get to work. Yeah. You know? But I wish you the best, bro. Thank you. Keep I'm hustling, man. Yeah. And stick to it. Likewise. So before we get out of here, where can people find the shop at? And um, how can they work with you if they're in Canada? We're located in the southeast of Calgary. The address is 433 54th Ave, southeast. And our website's midnightautogarage.ca. Our Instagram's midnightautogarage. We're open 10 to 8 every day and then 11 to 4 on Saturdays. And if somebody has any questions, can they just... Just email or email or phone call works the best. Like, our, like we are... Hopefully by the time this video is up, our website will be quite a bit revamped compared to what it is now. And, but for the most part, reach out, email or phone call, and we'll be able to find you mostly of everything. Dude, I had a good time, man. No, this was awesome, bro. This is a good break into the new studio. Yeah. I'm stoked on it. I like this, like, sitting across. No, this, this is a great setup. We had the other, like the stage, yeah. and it felt like a like a talk show. Okay. I felt like yeah. I needed to have those cars. Someone stand in the back, yeah. <laughs> Clap. Where's the applause? Yeah. Turn the applause on. I'm stoked now. I'm ready yeah. to get back to podcasting. This is yeah. a good one, dude. Yeah, no, this has been awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank I appreciate you. it. And thank you guys for listening. Once again, this is Downtime with Downstar, and we out. Peace.